Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Well, good morning, Jubilee Church. If we've not met yet, my name is Brian Mowry, lead pastor here uh, so glad that you are with us today. Unfortunately, I can't be there today, but I wanted the opportunity to introduce uh, our speakers today. But before I do that, I want to tell you about August 29th. August 29th is going to be a big, big Sunday for us. In fact, in your seats, you're going to see uh, a little invite that you can give out to your, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your coworkers, people who do not yet have a place uh, they don't have a people. They don't, you don't know if they have a purpose, but we want to reach people who are disconnected from the church because we believe that it's in a relationship with Jesus and in connection with his people, his community, the local church, man, that life really takes off. So this is a great opportunity to invite as many people as you possibly can on August 29th. Well, today's a great day. We're gonna be looking at Psalm 66. And in this Psalm, it is this invitation to come see what God has done, to, to realize the power of testimony, uh, the power of, of telling each other and encouraging each other in the good things that God is doing in our lives. It makes a bigger difference than you, than you realize, uh, than often we realize. Um, and we have two fantastic people to deliver the talk today. Uh, two wonderful ladies who lead in our community. Uh, Stephanie Godwin-Chu, she is our communications director, and Alyssa McCutcheon, who is our Next Step director. Uh, if you want to know who's behind our communication, it's Stephanie. If you want to know who's involved in helping people uh, take that next step when they first come into the church, uh, that's what Alyssa does. And they um, have put together just a fantastic message to encourage us to share our testimony, to share the good things that God is doing in our life. Uh, and then we're gonna have an opportunity to hear about stories happening in our location here at Julie Church. So I hope that you're encouraged by what they have to say and what others have to say about what God is doing in their life. And I hope that encourages you to share with others what God is doing in yours. As Brian said, Stephanie and I hope to illuminate the value of sharing the good work that God is doing in our lives. And we have found this psalm to be such an encouragement to us on this end, and we hope it is for you as well. The psalmist begins with praise concerning not just the character of God, but the works that he has done. And we notice in verse five that there is an invitation to see for ourselves. So verse five, come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. And how well we know someone depends on our proximity to them, right? From far away, we may make several assumptions about how they live or their life, but in order to truly know them, we must come near. So the first step in seeing the goodness of God is to come near to him. So we come close, then we see what he has done. The Hebrew word for see means not just to view, but to behold, to see with the mind that through seeing his awesome deeds, we come to understand that he is worthy of our praise. So what has he done? Verse six, he turned the sea to dry land. 
That's incredible. This chapter is referencing that when God parted the Red Sea so the Israelites could escape from their enemies. That is what he did for them. What has he done for you? The psalmist is encouraging us to take a closer look. So we first come near, then we behold, then we speak of what we see and behold. Verse eight, let the sound of his praise be heard. God has chosen his people, that is us, to be a witness and to give praise of his awesome deeds. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Telling of what God has done in our lives is not just good or important. It is the very calling of our lives as people who love Jesus. So as someone Jesus died to save, I have something wonderful to share about what he has done in my life. And so do you. We all have an even greater story than sea parting in our lives. Jesus on the cross, as well as many more that testify of what God has done in our lives from small to big. As Alyssa shared, the book of Psalms, especially 66, is so full of God's goodness and what he did for the Israelites. It goes on to describe more of God's deeds and makes note of the favor he showed the people of Israel, but not without trouble. Check out verse 12. We went through fire and through water. Fire and water are called by many names, the dry place, the wilderness, winter, the pit, the valley, prolonged illness, loss of a loved one, a pandemic, just to name a few. Most of us would probably say that we've lived through at least one of these seasons in our lives. I've been through several, but notice these seasons are not the final word. Verse 12 says, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. Each time I fell, struggled, wrestled with desperation and uncertainty, God revealed his goodness. And my testimony is that I can say humbly and truthfully that I never once did anything to deserve his rescue. But how quickly I tend to forget in the busyness and the entitlement of my flesh, I forget what God has done for me. Verse 13 and 14 says, I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you, that which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I've said it and meant it and then swiftly forgotten it over and over again. Lord, if you blank, I promise to insert empty promise here. Lord God, if you save my marriage, I promise to be a better wife. Please, God, keep me from going to jail tonight, and I promise I won't drink again. Jesus, help me to be a better person, and I promise I will go to church every Sunday. God, if you give me this promotion, I promise I won't ask you for anything else. Please don't let me get fired, because I promise I'll have a better attitude and I will work harder. Only to move on and forget to give him glory for those good works. But we are all called to testify to his goodness. This isn't to brag or boast of our own selves, 
but to show others the merciful, good, just, and gracious character of God. So why is it important to remember these things about God and to share of His goodness and faithfulness? Because just like Stephanie said, in the moment of difficulty that cycles throughout our life, we tend to forget. When we are in the midst of a wilderness, what do we tend to focus on the most? Our current circumstance, right? Our circumstances will consume us if we allow them to. Satan will tell you that you are alone in an impossible, unrelatable battle. What hopelessness. Our problems seem really near and God seems far away. So that is why we have the invitation to come near to God. The Hebrew word for come, bow, as a verb, means to enter into a void in order to fill it. Our testimony invites others to bow in our imperfections, in our mess before God, so he can fill us with hope. When we hear of how others have gone through challenging times and have experienced God's faithfulness, we are given hope. I had an eating disorder for many years of my life, and I remember thinking it was impossible to imagine a life without these constant obsessive thoughts every day. And in one of my treatment centers, they would have a girl, uh, a different one, come every few weeks who had gone through the same program that we were currently in, who were now living their lives in recovery. And I remember not believing them a lot of times because it was too hard to imagine based on what my life currently looked like. But I was challenged that if what they were saying was really true, could that be true for me? This gave me hope and began to lift my eyes on what my current circumstance looked like to what it could be and what freedom lied on the other side. I can so relate to verse 20 that says, blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Alyssa, thank you so much for sharing that. To share the good stuff that God is doing means I need to admit that I need help. I need his help, we all do. We have to reveal our imperfection. Today, I gladly share my faults and failures if it means that God gets the glory. I will peel back the facade so that he can shine through me. I will not pretend I got here on my own because in truth, I haven't arrived anywhere in particular. And if I'm honest, I am not where I used to be. I have dirt, I have things, innumerable, unimaginable, unbelievable, and relatable. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overcome you, overtaken you, that is not common to man. I've failed in marriage, in family relationships, in parenthood. I've looked myself in the mirror and thought, I don't like me. I should be better. Am I doing enough? I had a situation recently where I was taking my daughter to t-ball practice, and one of the other parents was sort of giving me accolades and commented that I I had it together. She said, oh, wow, you look like you've got it taken care of. I had both of the twins. I was juggling them, and and we had arrived early at practice that day. and, And I look back on it now as a missed opportunity to tell my story and point to him. 
what I said in my flesh, in pride, was, yes, I have to, as if I have it all together, as if I have it figured out. But the truth is, I don't. And most days, I'm barely keeping it together. And what I could have said to point to God's goodness is, God is keeping me. He is helping me day by day. I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, but God is good. When we share our testimony, it's important to remember four things. The first, it doesn't have to be long. A testimony doesn't have to be this big, surmountable thing. It's something that points to your story and then points to him. Be honest. An honest testimony is an impactful one. And point to God. All in all, when it's all said and done, it's by his grace. And your story is yours. Don't compare your story to anyone else's. We all have our different versions of what God is doing in our lives. And this is not a competition of who's had it the worst, but a competition to give him glory the most. Grief, brokenness, the pursuit of perfection, anxiety, low self-esteem, guilt, shame, depression are all things we have waded through bit by bit. In our lives, it's only by his grace that we've been able to see the other side of those things. And it's to the Father's glory, the benefit of ours and our joy that we share them, that we make them our praise. Verses 16 and 17 say, come and hear all you who fear God. And I will tell what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth and high praise was on my tongue. Can I encourage you that your testimonies, just like Stephanie's, are making a huge impact. One of my favorite things about being the new, uh, the Next Steps director is meeting new people and getting to know them. And one of the things that draws people to our community is the authenticity that they see. That comes from a people willing to share what God is doing that we are a people with real problems that serve a real God who has real solutions. Can I encourage you to keep sharing in your groups on Sunday with your friends? My life events, whether good or bad, do not testify of God's love for me. What he has done in my life and what he has done for all mankind demonstrates his love. The psalmist has declared what God has done for him. You've heard a little bit about what God has done for Alyssa and what he has done for me, but I want you to take a minute and think about what God has done for you. Psalm 107:43 says that we should consider his steadfast love. Have you considered his steadfast love for you? So ask the question, what is my story? What is the fruit of his love in my life? What is better, fuller, brighter, and bigger as a result of Jesus being in my life? What's your story? You may have more than one testimony to share, and that's a beautiful thing. But fill in the blanks. I was blank, and then God did blank, and now I am blank. Let us start here and be open and willing to share it and God will do the rest. Now we wanna show you the story of how God is working in the life of Therese. 
I always wanted to avoid the bed. I always wanted the easy button, you know, like the Staples easy button. I can remember being in a Bible study and, and telling, you know, uh, friends there that I just thought being a Christian would be easy. I don't pray for easy anymore. I pray for His will. I was uh, raised Catholic. I was baptized as an infant, raised our children Catholic, and then uh, left the church. I always believed in God. Um, I just guess I didn't believe in organized religion. We were away from the church probably about 12 or 14 years. We were going some personal things. Um, my mom was dying. Mike's dad was dying. I was at a point where it was just like, I can remember walking on our rural road and just breaking down and saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this in my own strength anymore. And just that's when I surrendered. I wanted to read the Bible and I'm old fashioned and I so I took notes and that was my foundation. I have a card box and I would write and stand on the promises of God and that was my truth. And so for six years, there's my foundation. I was coming home on 55 South. The prior two weeks had had some visual changes in my right visual field. I wasn't seen like from here to here and didn't know that I had drifted out of lane and had hit another car. I went to Springfield uh, Memorial Hospital. First they thought I had a stroke, but then found later that evening to have a stage four which is hard to say sometimes, stage four, aggressive lung cancer with metastasis to my brain, which was causing the visual changes and to um, bone and liver. So um, over the next couple days through scans, um, we learned the extent of my disease. as in any grieving process. At first, um, you know, I wasn't really overcome by the news. It's just, I think you're just in shock. And then little by little you learn, and then you learn the treatment plan, and you know, and you know, goes subsequently from there. I believe this is His will. I believe that could I receive healing? When you look on paper medically, and I'm a nurse, so medically I look on paper and you see all the negatives, all the, you know, all the verbiage, all the medical uh, jargon. And it's like, I believe if God wants to heal me, He will heal me and that will be His purpose. But I also believe that if He doesn't choose to heal me from this disease, that I'm winning either way. So I either win by beating this and continuing to um, live according to His will, or I die and I'm, um, <laughs> I'm in heaven. 
I never thought I comprehended the love that God has for me. Literally, I've never lived in uh, His timing like this. I'm in God's zone. He has said, I won't abandon you. Standing on that. I I know that to be true. Wow, that was powerful. Do you see the effect that it has when someone shares what God is doing in their life? I am so encouraged right now, and I know that you are too. And that's the cool thing that you and I have. We have the the ability to encourage other people. And maybe what's holding you back is you think, well, my story's not that big. My story's not that powerful. Hey, look, anything that God is doing in your life is going to encourage someone. And here's another way of looking at it. Not saying anything certainly isn't gonna encourage them. So I want to encourage you to be an encouragement to others by regularly taking the time to share with others the good things that God is doing in your life. That could be one-on-one, that could be in your group, it could be in a lot of different settings. So would you do that? Would you consider, ah, man, God is doing this in my life and He's meeting me in this way and uh, He's bringing me this encouragement. Or maybe you're in the middle of something uh, like Stephanie and Alyssa mentioned that the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 66, you're in a deep place and you need God to come and rescue you. Man, I would encourage you to open up in that way as well and allow other people to come and minister God to you, to minister the Spirit to you. And then you'll have a story to share. And here's what I know. Someone has gone through what you're going through. So if you're not around community, man, here in a few weeks, we're going to kick back community groups up and you can get involved and you can get around people to encourage you. Maybe that's the next step you need. You need to get around people who can encourage you. In fact, if you want more information about our groups or how you can get more connected to our church, uh, just click the link in the chat box and more information will come to you. Well, now before we end, we wanna give thanks. We wanna give thanks that all of God has done. Uh, We wanna give thanks for what God has done in the life of Therese and many, many, many others. So if you're, wherever you're at, would you just stand your feet and let's worship Jesus one last time together. Mm -hmm.